Hey, Eric, do you have any psychic friends in your network? No, but I was debating putting an extra E at the end of my last name there, Dion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I guess that's better than cutting off the A at the end of the word ricotta. Ooh, ricotta. No, that's how it's said. <laughs> oh my God. Well, speaking of Italian food, I can only imagine what 2023 <laughs> might have in store for us in terms of pop culture. I should have known you'd be angling for a pun right there. <laughs> I think it's safe to say the dad jokes will continue into the new year. But what else is forming in the Pop Trash Podcast crystal ball? Mm, it must be time for the annual Pop Culture New Year's Predictions episode. Either that or it's time for my nap. <laughs> no, predictions <laughs> today, napping tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> Let's begin. <laughs> Thank you to our listeners for sticking with us through another wonderful year of the Pop Trash Podcast. I'm Eric Griggs. And I'm Mike Jones. Each episode, we take a pop culture topic and trash talk it, but with love, of course. Ooh, and as the great and wise ABBA once sang, love isn't easy, but it sure is hard enough. Oh, that sounds like the perfect description for 2022 <laughs> and 2021 and 2020. <laughs> Wasn't easy. Sure was hard enough. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, so obviously we're taking a quick break from the crux of this third season of the Pop Trash podcast, you know, the delicious and campy world of nostalgic TV movies, to do a quick little New Year prognostication. Oh, I think they have a cream for that. <laughs> oh, God. Look at you testing my patience over here during this intro. Oh. <laughs> Eric, do you remember your predictions from last year? Oh, my predictions. I can barely remember breakfast from this morning. <laughs> well, knowing you, it was probably eight bowls of Special K when you could have just had one bowl of total. <laughs> no, Cracklin' Oat brand. <laughs> you on the mission to bring back Cracklin' Oat brand. Here, I'm going to read through our predictions, and I want you to tell me if you think any of them came true. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Prediction number one, the resurgence of Barbara Eden. Oh, uh, that came true. At least... More people were noticing her on um, socials. She had more of a socials presence. <laughs> I'll give you that. I was hoping she'd have like the Rita Moreno, you know, like mm. arc of coming out of, you know, you, you know, not coming out of nowhere, but basically like all of a sudden showing up in countless movies and TV shows and, you know, award ceremonies and all of that. So I don't know if she quite had that, but I'll give you that. The, a lot of people talked about Barbara Eden this past year. So I'll give that. Let's give that a half prediction right. Yeah. All right. Your prediction, one of your predictions from last year, Paramount presents the Joan Crawford cinematic universe. <laughs> I would like to say, I don't think I really understood the assignment of the the, the episode when you pitched oh, yes, it. So, hey, make some predictions for the new year is very hard to understand. <laughs> well, clearly I was expecting like someone would play Joan Crawford and there would be a cinematic universe like the Marvel universe. But no, this definitely did not come true. And in fact, I'm a little disappointed. No one out there heard that and, and decided that was a good idea. <laughs> All right. One of mine was a reboot of the win, loser, draw game show. I'm going to give myself a half credit because oh, really? well, they didn't reboot <laughs> win, loser, draw, but they did create a Pictionary game show that's hosted by Jerry O'Connell. 
Oh, right. They're very similar. There's not much. You are a psychic friend with all your predictions here. I'm trying. (laughs) All right. Your second prediction from last year, Sharon Gless will return to TV with Tyne Daly. Oh, this one came true. She really did. I was watching my DVDs of the trials of Rosie O'Neill and and Tyne Daly showed up on one of the episodes. So she really did return to TV, my TV. Yeah. Your TV, even though it was stuck in 1991. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. I'm not giving you this one. I don't think they showed up anywhere new other than in your living room. All right. And again, I'm going to give myself a half credit. So this is interesting. Half, half, half for me. The, uh, we would get a Broadway musical based off of Hart's discography. Oh, now, mm-hmm, right. I why, remember that. Why do you think I'm giving myself a half? Do you have any idea? Because you're just generous. No, here's why I'm giving myself a half. There obviously was no Hart biopic musical, but you know what did come to Broadway this past year? Almost uh, the... famous. Oh. And Nancy Wilson was a key player in the soundtrack to the movie Almost Famous. And Nancy Wilson is one of the sisters in heart. And so since that came to Broadway and, you know, she has connections at least to the property, I'm counting Mm -hmm. it as, all right, let's give me a 0.25 on that. Well, so that was a summary of our predictions from last year. Again, none of them were like slam dunk, you know, correct. But I think there's nuggets of truth somewhere in some of those. So I'm excited to see what our predictions are for 2023. And again, the idea here is we're taking some ideas of things in pop culture yesteryear that we think could become relevant this year or something we just like to see that has a connection to nostalgia surfacing into pop culture in 2023. Are you ready? Yeah. I am. I am very excited to see what our predictions are. (laughs) It's 50-50 on me. All right, Eric, you get the first prediction. Okay, you're going to have to stick with me here because it might not initially be apparent how it connects to pop culture, but it does. So my socials feeds are all about people giving their hot takes about this new AI chat GPT. Do you know about this? No, it basically you just sounded like you pulled a bunch of letters out of alphabet cereal. And I know, (laughs) I know. I I hear you because I wish I didn't know about it, too. I'd (laughs) rather my feed be chat BLTs. (laughs) (laughs) The McDLT, that's your prediction. Yes, the McDLT. Return of the McDLT, not BLT. Scrap my prediction, that's it. We're changing it to the McDLT. You get a hot side hot. You get a cool side, cool. New Big D, LT. And the hot stays, and the cool stays. New Big D, LT. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, everyone's so alarmed about this. It's the, the chat GPT is this new AI that's getting so good, and people are worried about the ramifications. So to ground my prediction in pop culture, I think that AI is not going to overtake us like the Terminator movies. It's more like three other pop movies, which are (laughs) War Games, Idiocracy, and Jurassic Park. I was going to say, does this mean in 2023 we're going to have to cover our butts? (laughs) No, it's like Bird Box. You're going to have to cover your eyes. (laughs) AI is going to replace a lot of creative jobs, right? artists, writers, marketers, we're going to see more of these CGI abominations in movies because it'll be quicker and easier to create them with less human hours devoted to creating that artwork or the film that goes into it. Same with like screenplay writing. And we're going to see like the handcrafted things 
do really well because that's where people are going to have to go when the machine takes over for these skilled jobs. It's interesting. I guess I think I'd rather have a Terminator, (laughs) maybe at least a Terminator from the first Terminator. The second Terminator, I think, would actually destroy all of us. (laughs) But I really do think when people think about AI, it is that Terminator reference. It's like machines are going to come and kill us and wipe us out. I think they're going to do it in a different way. War games is like that sense of AI is going to mess with the systems that we already put in place. Shall we play a game? It's going to be smarter than us and take the human out of the equation of like, well, I have two choices in this programming thing, like shutting down the power grid. It doesn't care about humans. And then that's going to make like people's heat turn off and not have electricity. That I think is the bigger threat. (laughs) Idiocracy is because nobody knows how to do shit anymore. Computers will do the thinking for us and that skilled labor that I talked about, and people will just not know how to do things. And we eventually, decades later, will be like, we don't have the skills to actually program it because nobody does that anymore. The computers just do it. I don't know if it'll happen in this year, but that's my prediction. That- <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> what an uplifting predictions episode. I'm basically predicting, you know, economic downturn, death, famine, and humans turning into margarine because they can't actually do right. shit. If that's not a prediction for next year or this year, it's, you know, it's probably in our lifetimes going to come to fruition, but humanity will recognize some perils in this and catch themselves before it gets too late to turn Mm. earth into Jurassic park. I don't know. I thought, don't all the movies teach us that we can't do that. Just we're just too stupid to do that. But all those movies, the humans end up winning in the end, right? Yeah. Cause they're movies. (laughs) (laughs) is it time for my nap yet (laughs) (laughs) and and about like seven vicodin or xanax to get over that (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome all right my prediction is very specific and it's kind of in the reboot sort of territory i think we should get a reboot of the film Wait Until Dark. Oh, it's um, Audrey Hepburn, correct? Audrey Hepburn and Alan Arkin in a very early performance of his. And Mm -hmm. Audrey Hepburn was nominated for an Oscar for this. uh, And it was such an interesting sort of phenomenon because it terrified audiences so much. And movie theaters got into it where as the film went along, they would darken the lights even more. So it felt like you were in a dark apartment you know, watching huh. this play out. So if you know, if you don't know the plot of the movie, basically Audrey Hepburn is a blind woman who is um, in an apartment where three robbers, I'm trying to give this without like giving it away because it's well we're seeing, let's say three robbers mm-hmm. are out to get her. And so she can't see them, obviously, but she can hear them and knows mm-hmm. that they are, or becomes aware that they're trying to get her. And it's all about her figuring out a way to survive this. And so mm-hmm. what I love about the idea of theaters getting in on it is it kind of plays up the, you almost feel yourself in the position of Audrey Hepburn's character. And I think it's just so ripe for a reboot because when you think about what you could do in sort of modern theaters with that and sort of with an updated cast and maybe even an updated story, I think there's something so interesting and so riveting. Yeah. Little known fact, when she got to the set each morning, did you know this? They would take a very bright light and blind her every morning before the scene. Are you making this up? Yes, I am. 
<laughs> I even have a suggestion of who I would put in Audrey Hepburn's role. Let's no, hear it. It is not Tyne Daly or Sharon Glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. I knew. <laughs> no, I would put Viola Davis in it. She would be great I, in that. Yeah. She would be. And I think it's like, I, you know, she's about the age I think that Audrey Hepburn was in 1969 when this movie came out. And I think like would be phenomenal at it. She's already won an Oscar, obviously, lots of accolades. And I think she'd be able to like carry the film with just presence and sort of that, you you know, the acting you would have to do in this role, which requires quite a bit of physicality since, you know, you can't really rely on your eyesight. I think it is one of the five best thrillers that has ever been made. And nobody ever talks about Wait Until Dark mm -hmm. in, in, in that echelon, and they should. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's my first sort of bold prediction for 2023. It's a reboot. Oddly enough, I have a reboot or a remake uh, prediction. Would you like to hear that? I would. Well, you might change your opinion in a minute, but here <laughs> goes. Oh, no, he wants to reboot Scarecrow <laughs> and Mrs. King. Uh, no. Oh, I should have said that. <laughs> what a freaking missed opportunity. I'd like to go back. Okay, here it is. Well, because everybody right now is really into the Glass Onion and the Knives Out franchise, and to a lesser degree, the Kenneth Branagh rebooting of the Poirot Agatha Christie mysteries, I think this year that often talked about Clue remake will get off the ground. I don't think it will be good, but it will finally get into production. I think it's a bad idea. How can you ever top the original, which was lightning in a bottle? It's perfection. But I think, I, I forget who was attached to it, like Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling, somebody that it was very close to either greenlit or happening. But I think, I think it might happen. Mr. Greenlit. Exactly. <laughs> I can even see the line, flames, flames coming out of the side of my Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> for a reboot <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and i will go one further and say because everyone loves these whodunits it's time for a reboot of colombo jeez oh, so you're you're doing two predictions in one here this is really about this this resurgence of the genre of like the whodunits the mystery story what is colombo's tagline um just one more thing yeah, exactly. That's us trying to finish a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the very, very difficult thing is how do you surmount the original or make it new or different? So who would you get to replace the incomparable Peter Falk? Who would I put in there? Ooh, that's a good question. I So I think it has to be somebody who's got a bit of a name and has been around for a little bit, but not somebody who is so big that it mm -hmm. outstrips the Columbo personality. I yeah. would lean towards Scott Bakula. That's a very interesting choice. Here, here's who I would say. Michael Shannon, who was in the Knives Out franchise. Mm -hmm. I think he's kind of got that presence of blends into the background, but then you pay attention to him and you're like, oh, he's really good. He can carry off a bit of the drama and the comedy. He's my pick for it. All right. I could see that. Some scenes I, I see him in movies and I'm like, he's got a bit of a wandering eye. So that's also a plus. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a reboot of Columbo than a reboot of Clue for the very mm -hmm. reason that you just said, which is the original Clue is such a treasure in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And not that Columbo isn't, but I think there's ways to take Columbo and 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 
update it with a new character mm-hmm. whereas clue doesn't need the update it's like it's it's perfect mm-hmm. as is um and so that's yeah. like why i'd like to see it um you i'm surprised you don't want to reboot mrs Columbo. oh definitely do and kate <laughs> mulgrew is still alive so she could just it could be a continuation not a reboot. totally actually there you go why don't we reboot Columbo with just kate mulgrew <laughs> oh brilliant brilliant oh chef's right. kiss to that My second prediction, since we're in this reboot, reimagination of, you know, properties from yesterday. So this year, do you know what one of the biggest movies was this year? It was Top Gun. Uh, Black Panther. (laughs) Or or Black Panther, yes, which, um, or Wakanda Forever. But no, it was Top Gun Maverick. You know, that thing's going to make a billion dollars at the box office. It essentially, like, brought Tom Cruise back into, you know, national consciousness in a way that he hasn't been for years. And so many people went back to the movies to see this. And it made me think, what else exists from the 1980s or early 90s that if it were retooled, could get people back into the box office and make the kind of numbers that Top Gun Maverick did this year? So I think something that could rival Top Gun Maverick would be a reimagination of the Lethal Weapon franchise. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't actually do it with Mel Gibson again, right? Just way too toxic a character and I think not no appetite to go see him at the box office. So it would have to be a reimagination of Lethal Weapon. And I think there's ways to do it that could be really creative. You could kind of like change it up in a way that like basically continues the buddy comedy story and the sort of buddy comedy dynamic of Lethal Weapon in a way that leaves the first few chapters of it behind but updates it. And I think it would really work. And the reason I say Lethal Weapon is when you look back at the top grossing box office movies of the 80s, Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2 are up there in the top, like 20. So it's something that people really loved. I would 100% put Melissa McCarthy and um, Sandra Bullock in a reteaming from The Heat because that was very Lethal Weapon-y and it was like people would want more of that. Whatever they were doing in that movie... I want more of that. Yeah, everyone would be like, oh, this is just the heat too. That would be like, you know who would be a great pair on screen? Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> they made the jump. That's what, yeah, that's exactly. the tagline for the poster. We made it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You asked a good question before I gave that prediction, which is what are my general feelings about reboots? And the reason I wanted to make that prediction first is because I think there is a right way to do them and a wrong way to do them. And the right mm. way to me is... Never do the reboot. No, no, no. It is, it is, it is treat them like a Top Gun Maverick where you like a continuation or if not a continuation, you at least respect the original property enough that it feels Mm -hmm. like a logical extension rather than, um, rather than just a complete, you know, like, okay, we're going to just do a 2023 version of this 1984 mm-hmm. movie or this 1990 movie, which is just much less interesting for people who remember or have a real sentimentality for the older pieces of property. Mm. That's where it's like you get tripped up because they can't let go of their love or their feeling or their connection to what was original. And so, you know, an update on it or a retelling of the story or a continuation of the story doesn't satisfy as much for a lot of people, I think who are, let's say 35 and up. 
there are people now that are like, I don't watch 80s movies. That's old. That's classic TV. That's on AMC now. It's like <laughs> there there are young folks out there that just will not watch a black and white movie, right? So for them, th- this this rebooted property is the new thing. It, they, they're not going to go back and watch the original. So just make it new and fresh and interesting for the next generation if you really care about that property and the characters, then it's fine. If you only care about it's like fidelity to the old, the original, then you're never going to love it. You're never going to care. And it's not for you. And just don't watch it. Right. So, Eric, give us your final pop culture prediction for 2023. Okay, you're going to hate this one. Um, brace, <laughs> brace yourself. Well, I loved your first two. <laughs> Here we go. As everyone is waiting for the casting announcement for the new James Bond, now that Daniel Craig has finished his run, I think we should get an old man Bond movie, just like we had old man Logan, the comic book series that was made into Logan, the movie with Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart that tackled an aged superhero. I think the Barbara Broccoli lady will see the light and finish a proper Timothy Dalton James Bond trilogy, bringing him back (laughs) as old man Bond. Imagine. Old man Bond, he just keeps moving along. <laughs> <laughs> he could do some like fancy Kingsmen like fighting, maybe have like a bit of the old Avengers Patrick McNee vibe. I don't know. I know you hate my Timothy Dalton propaganda, but I put that out there into the universe that hopefully someone will pick that up. I don't hate your Timothy Dalton propaganda that you think Timothy Dalton is the best James Bond. And there is a groundswell of evidence and people who are coming to see the light. 12 people Googled him this week. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? Bond, James Bond. Daniel Craig's Bond is made in the mold of Timothy Dalton, which everybody loves. But how cool would it be to see old man Bond, regardless of Timothy Dalton, that would take the franchise in a different direction. I certainly uh, one that <laughs> I imagine will just crush it at the theater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm here for it. I like it. It's going to be interesting to see where the Bond franchise goes. From. I have one last prediction that's a little bit like it's not it's a it's a fun little one have you watched stanley tucci searching for italy i've seen the previews for it i don't know why i haven't watched it yet (laughs) you're like isn't it on i swear it comes on after julia child (laughs) (laughs) and it's been emmy nominated it's quite enjoyable it gives you a whole sense of italy and and the tooch is fun to watch i mean he's like he Mm. can handle well he's also clive davis in the new whitney houston biopic which is really interesting oh is he um but he hosts the show or you know basically is the the centerpiece of this show searching for italy where they go around Mm. to different italian cities different italian neighborhoods sort of parts of the entire country and do deep dives into the food and the culture and it's been a huge hit. And so I was thinking like, oh, what could be a spinoff or a companion to that? And I was thinking, I think it would be fun to go to Greece, do a searching for Greece 
and have Nia Vardalos host it, who is about to star in the third installment of my big fat Greek wedding. But I think it could be really fun, really interesting, and would make everybody hungry for some baklava. Greek food is my favorite. That kind of Greek Mediterranean cuisine, oh, I can just eat that all day. It's good stuff. So I'm in support of that. Oh, you know, it's funny though. Greek food does remind me. So, hey, uh, did you hear the one about Bonnie Tyler and Tina Turner out to lunch at a Greek restaurant? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, Bonnie Tyler was like, oh, I'm holding out for a gyro. (laughs) (laughs) Tina Turner, who had just eaten before lunch, was like, we don't need another gyro. (laughs) (laughs) But then Mariah Carey comes walking by with a plate and Tina Turner goes, and a gyro comes along. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Those are it. Those are our big predictions. But I do, before we close out, I think one of the most joyful moments of nostalgia we had this past year was watching one of your beloved favorites from yesteryear, Cheryl Ladd on Dancing Uh with the Stars. And indeed, yep, she didn't make it very far. I think she only made it what, like three or four episodes. But I don't know. I stopped watching right after that. (laughs) (laughs) But it made me think, okay, there's going to be another season of that coming out later this year in 2023. And I thought, who would be a dream cast for the next season of Dancing with the Stars? So I have five people that I think could be interesting casts. I'm going to give you Mm. little clues to see if you can guess who they are. And we'll see. There's a common connection between all the answers, which you should get right away. Are you ready? All right. First one, I'm going to give you a forward clue. You take the good. Um, um, uh, Well, Mrs. Garrett is dead, so it can't be her. I'm going to say uh, uh, Kim Fields would be really good. Oh, interesting. It's not who I have, but you're on the right track. You have the show. Who else are on Okay, show? it's Facts of Life. Yep. Oh, Nancy McKeon would be good. Well, Nancy Lisa McKeon's already Welch been on it. Lisa was on Survivor. <laughs> oh, oh, has she? Nancy McKeon was on Dancing with the Stars, but you just, you got it. You got it. Who was the third person you said? Lisa Welchel. Yes, really? And, is she going and, on it? No. no, no. Well, I think she should. And the reason is, okay. so when Nancy McKeon was on, Lisa Welchel showed up and gave her some like support. You also mentioned Lisa Welchel mm. was on a re- uh, reality TV show, right? Yeah, Survivor. And I, I don't remember it, but apparently I watched that season. <laughs> well, there's 3,000 seasons of that show. So she, but she made it like to the finale, which, it, which is, I was shocked. Exactly. So it made me think, oh, she's open to reality television. There's clearly mm-hmm. like people love Facts of Life. Blair, it would be wonderful uh-huh. to see Blair come back. And, and so Lisa Welchel is my first pick for a cast member. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm there for that. Yeah. All right. Second pick. Are you ready? I'm going to give you a three word clue. Reality Bites. Eyeglasses. Um, Ethan Hawke. No, no wait. No. Christian Slater. Nope, you're th- you're you're not on the right track here because she wasn't oh. in Reality oh, Bites, but she... she's connected to she's connected to the movie. Winona Ryder. No, she was actually in that movie. <laughs> does it does it does it show that I have not seen Reality Bites? <laughs> I predict I'm not going to get this answer. Oh my gosh. If I say you say I only hear what I want to. Oh, um, Lisa Loeb. Lisa um, Loeb. I think Lisa Loeb. Is it Lisa Loeb? That's exactly who I think would be a great cast member. Was she in Reality Bites, huh? She did the song Stay, which was attached to the movie Reality Bites. Oh, well, that's a trick question. How is that a trick (laughs) question? She's literally the soundtrack of Reality Bites. Okay. All right. Uh All right. Third one here. I'm going to give you a two-word clue. 
Knott's mm-hmm. Landing. Okay, wait, I got this one. I got it. I got it. It is uh, Lisa Hartman. Lisa yes. Hartman Black, if you want. Yes, yes. Because she, <laughs> and she just did reality TV within the last couple of years. She was on The Masked Singer as like a bird. Yeah, the, the Snow Owl. She was um, in that giant costume with her husband, who is Clint Black, right? Yeah, and I heard they were a real hoot. <laughs> oh, indeed they were. <laughs> All right, we've got Lisa Welchel, Lisa Loeb, Lisa Hartman. I've got two left for you. Three word clue, a different world. Uh, Lisa, Lisa and the Cult Jam. No. no. Uh, Lisa, oh, what is her name? Lisa Bonet. <laughs> Lisa Bonet. It, you know, I doubt she would actually do it. She has no history of doing reality Oh, she would never do it. No way. But, uh-uh. you know, in terms of somebody from the past. And then my last one, and if you don't get this now, given that you just said it in one of your guesses, I <laughs> might jump through the microphone and pretend well. to strangle you. <laughs> my clue here is an unknown amount of words because I don't actually know how to spell this. Casera, Casera. Oh, Lisa, Lisa and the cult jam. Exactly. <laughs> it's Lisa Velez. Oh, okay, see? So there you go, five Lisas uh, who have you know, I think could make for potentially good contestants on Dancing with the Stars. Well, you've just given me a new Lisa on life doing um, (laughs) pop quizzes. Well, we hope you enjoyed our bonus episode of Predictions for the New Year. We'll be back in a few weeks as we return to our season three theme, exploring TV movie history. Wherever you listen to this episode, please like and subscribe to get the next episode of the podcast. And if you're hungry for more pop trash, you can always head to poptrashmuseum.com or, of course, find us on that garbage heap of social media. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks again for listening. And until then, may all your James Bonds be old. (laughs) Ooh, old (laughs) finger. (laughs) Hey, there's a cream for that, you know? (laughs) 